1029 The Mater presents In the Red Zone with Rob Witham. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by Massey, Wood, and West and by the Sports Page Grill in downtown Ashland. A very pleasant Monday evening, everyone, as we come to you live at the Sports Page Grill in Ashland under much better conditions than we did one week ago tonight. One week ago at this time, the kids in high school were all still hunkered down at their high school locations. We were still under a tornado watch. We had had what turned out to be an afternoon where we had 10 tornadoes in the metropolitan Richmond area, one touchdown in the Rockville area, and sadly one fatality in Chesterfield County. And we were just happy that everybody got home safely and everything was okay. A week later, it's some rain, which has, of course, messed up more schedules. And we'll talk about that here on this edition of In the Red Zone. And we are glad to have you with us here on this Monday night. Live at the Sports Page Grill in Ashland. Rob with them along with you here on 1029 The Mater. Also can listen to the broadcast tonight, 1430 a.m. You can listen at the link at HanoverCountySports.net. And, of course, you can always listen on your phone or tablet or mobile device on the TuneIn Radio app by searching for Radial, R-A-D-I-A-L-L. That's R-A-D-I-A-L-L. Find that on your TuneIn app. Make it one of your favorites. Now, all of our live sports broadcasts from Game of the Week football, Collegiate Cougars football, Atlee Little League baseball, Randolph-Macon football can all be heard via the TuneIn radio app. We talked a little bit ago about what's going to be happening here this hour. We have a lot to get to. Two special guests will come by before this hour is through. And, of course, we will uh, preview all of the football action coming up on on Friday and Saturday right here on the Mater. But let's go back a little bit in time and talk about what happened over the weekend on Friday night as we finally had a full Friday night of football action. And first of all, I want to give a big shout-out and big thank you to Robert Fish for filling in for me this past Friday night. Got to listen to the second half of the game of the week via radio. Uh, tuned it in right on the TuneIn app, popped it into my phone in my car. They made the connection, and it was like I was listening to 1029 The Mater in northeastern North Carolina. It was phenomenal. Henrico, of course, a big 44-6 winner over Patrick Henry on Friday night. Jalen Jones, the senior quarterback who was there as a sophomore, left, played in Maryland last year, came back for his senior year with the Warriors, hoping to do something special, certainly was special on the field at Ashland on Friday night, both through the air and on the ground, making things happen. Patrick Henry got on the board late with a pick six to get them at least six points on the night, 44-6 the final score. Now the Patriots get set to host the Atlee Raiders, who come in undefeated at 4-0 and ranked 10th in our latest NBC 12 RBA Sports Network Big 12 High School football poll. It was a slow start for the Raiders last Friday night at home against an Armstrong team that they were heavily favored to defeat. And at one time, it was only 7-2, thanks to a touchdown pass from Tyler Warren to Alex Oliver. But then Oliver got things going in special teams. He had a kickoff return for a touchdown. Tucker Bratton got involved in the offense, and they pulled away second half, and Atley got the win over the Wildcats 28-18. to So the Atley Raiders at 4-0 go to 1-2 Patrick Henry, 
who, of course, lost their game with deep run due to the weather. We do not know if that's going to be made up or not, so it is a distinct possibility that Patrick Henry football may only play nine games this year, and that could be the sentiment and the situation for several different teams here in the Metro Richmond area and how that works. If you don't play all 10 of your games, then your VHSL total rider points that you earn by how many points you get for a win, how many for a loss, how many extra points you get for teams you beat that win a game, for teams you lose to that win a game, you throw all that together and divide it either by 10 normally or if you lose a game to Mother Nature, you'll divide it by nine. And in the past, I think the uh, history has shown that that has been more of a disadvantage than it has been an advantage. So there are some teams in the area kind of uh, sitting on the edge of their seat about this circumstance. Powhatan won, Hopewell won, Deep Run and Patrick Henry right now. Henrico and J.R. Tucker, and talking about Henrico a moment ago, with that win over Patrick Henry, they're now 3-0 on the season, and they get set for the game that everybody's been talking about since the schedule came out over the summer, and that, of course, number one Highland Springs coming to number five Henrico this Friday night. The Springers will come in three-time defending five Class 5 state champions. Henrico will come in 3-0 undefeated and arguably with their best team in the tenure of former Highland Springs assistant coach and longtime now Henrico head coach Gerald Glasgow that game will kick at seven o'clock Friday night and my son Robbie Witham will be live on Twitter at Robbie Witham and we'll retweet him on at Henrico Sports live from Henrico High School with all the action of that matchup number one and number five there's another Big 12 pole matchup on Friday too across the river as number eight Thomas Dale absorbing injury after injury. Now they've got the third-ranked undefeated Generals of Dinwiddie coming in on Friday night, and that one should be very tough as well. Coming up later this hour, we'll give you the brand-new NBC12 RBA Sports Network Big 12 High School football poll. There are few, if any, changes. That much I will tell you, and we will go through the poll before we close action tonight because of the weather we've lost a couple of field hockey matches on this monday it was supposed to be rivalry night again between atley and hanover and lee davis and patrick henry the hawks were to host the raiders the patriots were to host the confederates and neither match happened they got canned earlier this afternoon we do not have make good times for their dates for them yet as it's going to become a kind of a struggle as now the calendar is a week away from moving into the month of October, it's going to become a big struggle to try to figure out if there's enough time left to try to get some of these games made up and made good so that teams can have as full of a regular season schedule as possible because all the other sports, they too have those point systems and they determine whether or not you're in the postseason. For example, in Region 5B, we talk all the time about how the top eight make the postseason and the bottom seven do not in football. Well, it's the same thing in field hockey, the same thing in volleyball, basketball, baseball, softball, etc. And so some field hockey coaches in the area right now are a little bit on edge, not knowing whether they're going to be able to get all of the games that they originally had on their schedule in before the regular season comes to a close. Field hockey comes to a close in four weeks. They start their postseason play the final week of October. So that would be the week of October 29th. And then volleyball starts their postseason the week after that. Couple of updates on games that were supposed to be taking place this afternoon, finishing up games that were suspended from earlier dates. 
St. Christopher's defeats Trinity today 47-40 in a game that was tied at 40 back in August and was suspended due to darkness. And they finally were able to get back together this afternoon and play the last six minutes of the game. And it's the Saints coming up with a big win after a huge 24-point comeback in the fourth quarter on the road to beat Norfolk Academy on Friday night. They get the win over rival Trinity, who now falls to 2-2 two and two on the season. Again, 47-40, the final and a report just in on Twitter, Thomas Jefferson and Armstrong finishing up their game that had been suspended. They're near the end of the third quarter with the Vikings on top on a big touchdown pass. They up their lead on the Wildcats to 22-6. to We're going to turn our attention from high school football over to Randolph-Macon football. And after our first time out of the evening, we'll sit down with the voice of the Randolph-Macon Yellow Jackets. The one and only Marty Wilson joins me here at the table. And we get set to talk about the game that we've been waiting for, seems like forever, since that Wednesday night when Randolph-Macon beat Catholic at Day Field. And then the long preparation time began. And finally on Saturday, it'll be play ball in Lexington as the two uh, teams that finished in the ODAC preseason poll tied atop it and the last two ODAC champions collide in their ODAC opener. Washington and Lee hosting Randolph-Macon. We'll talk all about it next after this timeout. You're in the red zone on 1029 The Mater. In the red zone. We'll take a short timeout. We'll be right back. So stay tuned to The Mater. Massey Wood and West Incorporated has been servicing the Richmond and surrounding areas since 1923. Offering the finest in home heating fuel oil and propane gas, Massey Wood and West is a premier dealer of Heil heating and cooling equipment with professional service and installation of gas or oil furnaces. Heil systems are backed by 100 years of superior engineering and quality manufacturing. Massey Wood and West gives you one-stop shopping for your standby generators, tankless water heaters, gas logs, and Heil equipment. Call today for your heating and cooling needs at 355-1721. That's 355-1721. Massey Wood and West, a premier Heil dealer. Lux Chevrolet has been the Chevy truck expert since 1916, and they've got something for everyone. There's economical SUVs like Trax and Equinox, people haulers like Traverse, Tahoe, and Suburban, and pickups like the midsize Colorado and one-ton Silverado. Let Luck find the right fit for your job or lifestyle. Call 798-9261, shop online at LuxChevrolet.com, or stop by their convenient location on U.S. Route 1 in Ashland and buy your next truck from Luck. Lux Chevrolet, since 1916. big thank you to our friends at Massey Wood and West, fueling Virginia since 1923 at MasseyWoodandWest.com for their sponsorship of In the Red Zone. Also, our thanks to We Think in Inc., literally right up the street here on England Street in beautiful downtown Ashland. And, of course, to our friends right here at the Sports Page Grill, where it is a busy Monday evening. It's, yeah, it's Monday night. you got an interesting football game coming on later on. This is the perfect place to come in, kind of watch, get together with friends, or maybe talk a little football. And that's what we're going to do right now is I am very happy that the invitation was accepted that I uh, sent out a couple of days <laughs> to go to uh, the voice of the Yellow Jackets. It's Marty Wilson joining 
joining us here in the red zone. Marty, it's been a crazy start to college football as well as high school. We were just talking about some of the games there that were being made good, and some even this afternoon trying to finish up. And the ODAC is just it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. I don't know how other to explain it. And, Rob, you're right. I think you mentioned the fact going in that Randolph-Macon tied in the preseason poll with Washington and Lee. Neither of these teams are going to meet them Saturday up in Lexington. Randolph-Macon last played on the 12th. Washington Lee hasn't played in three weeks. The storm that comes through with uh, Hurricane Florence really wreaked havoc across the entire ODAC. The story I heard with Washington Lee was the fact they were supposed to reschedule their game last Thursday with Maryville coming up out of Tennessee. And Maryville was kind enough or generous enough to lend some of their buses to the flood relief down in the Tennessee, North Carolina area, and then consequently didn't have transportation to get their kids up to Washington Lee. So you've really got to uh, applaud their effort as far as helping the folks down there. But both teams lose the game of the football schedule. I think in the overall scheme of things, that's probably not a big deal, but leaves the generals without a ball game being played in three weeks. Right. And, and you know, tongue-in-cheek, after the Catholic win, I thought to myself very, 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 very late that night, um, you know, Coach Arusa is going to probably enjoy having this much time to get ready yeah. for Washington and Lee. That seems to be one of the feathers in his cap, and I don't think he's ever had this much time. And certainly he's got to look at a situation where his opponent hasn't played you're right since the 8th of September yeah. and had a game pushed away not once but twice um, I, I'm sure he's looking for every advantage that he can get but by the same token if anybody knows how hard it is to go to Lexington and get a win it's coach Arusa. we won there two years ago and the first time that we had won there since 1998 to show you how difficult it is to go up there and get a win and that's a lot of good football teams that the Yellow Jackets put on the field without being able to get a win and I think if you watch the last two games and obviously if you've seen Washington Elite play the last several years they play a much different style of football you got to go really watch navy play watch wofford play Mm -hmm. it's an option style football very difficult to stop they're very disciplined they execute it very well and if you make mistakes as far as defensively who you're supposed to cover they score and they score from long distances um and I think Coach Arusa and his staff have figured that out. We've played them very tough the last two years. You go back to two years ago, he has a defense that's loaded with seniors, Eric Long and those guys that tried. Uh, Long has 13 tackles in that ball game. They've seen it for this is their fourth year going up against it, and all of a sudden they understand how to play it, and you play it well. You hold them to about 213 yards rushing in that ball game. They average over 460 yards per game during the course of that season, and you come away with a win. Do the same thing last year, but you end up giving them the ball Late in the ball game, they get the ball with a little over three minutes to play, and we simply can't get them off the field. They drive down and score with about 38 seconds to play. So, realistically, we had a good, we beat them at third place two years ago. We had a shot to beat them last year. I think looking at the ODAC, we probably play them better or tougher than anybody else in the ODAC over the last three or four years. Now, well, memory serves me correctly. Was it 17-14 the final score last year? Yes. So that tells me that not only – did the defense learn two years ago in terms of cutting their rushing numbers in half and getting the victory in Lexington, which they hadn't done in 20 years. Uh, Then they come back with a much younger defense after so much loss to graduation. But from a scheme standpoint, it seems like those who returned understood and those who were watching paid attention when they um, had to get on to the field. And you're in a situation to where you have a chance to win the football game there, as you said, late in the fourth quarter. Uh, It kind of reminds me of kind of the letdown opening night against China. Hopkins last month in Baltimore, you, you did it for three, but you just couldn't push it forward in the fourth. And I think that's, you're right. You found something that you can build on, and you have enough guys that come back each year on 
your defensive side of the ball, that you you can show them the film from last year of how you played them and how you played them well. And each guy is able to then look and understand what his assignment is. And I think you can you can build on different things. And again, saying that, I think Coach Aruza always great in preparation, always going to have his team ready. And I think the the two and a half weeks he's had is really going to work in his favor. But it's never an easy way to uh, uh, your defense. Any mistake that you make all of a sudden leads to a, a, a big play or a yes. touchdown. And it's not as if they're throwing the ball over the top. You look at their stats, Washington Lee coming in, they've thrown the ball 13 times in two ball games. And they really they really just don't look to throw it. Um, but they're very efficient. They've probably got – I'd like to think that Trey Frederick is one of the best backs in the, in, um, the country this year. He put up numbers great last year. Josh Brees, oh. the, the guy who's the freshman for Washington Lee, 1,800 yards last year. Mm-hmm. That's an ODAC rushing record as a freshman. Uh, you multiply that over four years, all of a sudden it looks like 7,600 yards. To give you an idea, the rushing record for a career, Randolph Bacon, Ramon Smith has it at just under 4,300 yards in four years. So this kid, the numbers he's going to put up, they list him at 5'8", about 175. You've seen him. I yes. think he's probably 5'6", maybe about maybe. 170. Yeah. But really quick, um, they get him lined up in the back, and just the um, the creativity and how they get him the ball – and he gets to the edge, and he's impossible to stop. He's gonna If he gets the corner, and that's really what you're going to need to contain, they're not going to look to throw. They're going to look to feed him in a lot of different ways. He averaged 165 yards a game last year, had 199 against us in our their win here. So it really that's the big thing when you're looking to stop them. But, you know, they occasionally use him as a decoy, and the other guys are very capable as well. But he's really the primary back that can really beat you every time he touches the ball. And for those of you listening who aren't familiar as much with ODAC football, but you say, I've heard that name before. He was the gentleman who torched Highland Springs for over 200 yards rushing in that 2016 Class 5 state championship rematch between Stonebridge and Highland Springs. You'll remember the Springers torched them in 2015 at UVA, but when they had the rematch down in Hampton in 2016, Breach ran wild on the Springers. They were able to get the touchdown late to seal the championship win. So Josh Brees has given plenty of coaches nightmares uh, and looks to do it again at home this Saturday, no doubt about it. But you're right, Marty, that even when they use him as a decoy, they've got some some pretty good talent down there that's going to be able to torch you if you don't stay on your assignment. They have got to be the, Rand- the Randolph-Macon defense this Saturday. More discipline than uh, probably any time this season. And you see a lot of teams come at you with a, a passing game where they're going to Spread your out and throw the ball. That's the way you're going to play against Shenandoah, yep. the way you're going to play against Hampton, Sydney. Mm-hmm. And I think it's easier to prepare for that because you, you see it more frequently. You see it almost every week in college football now. When you've got to play against, it's almost like when you look at Notre Dame having to stop and play Navy in the middle of their schedule. Right. You see that once a year, and you're thinking, okay, and you've seen it enough that maybe you understand how to prepare, but you've got to stop and prepare specifically for that. It's not unlike anything else you see all year long, and they're so well-schooled at what they do that their quarterback makes the right reads, and if you don't contain and everybody doesn't stay with their assignment as far as you've got the quarterback, you've got the dive, you've got the pitch, and if you don't stay with that, they make the right decision, and then all of a sudden you look at the back of their jersey as they're breaking it off for 60, 70 yards against you. So it's really difficult. I think it's um, the experience that you've got on the backside of your defense. I think D'Angelo Barr and Anthony Williams and some of the guys for the Yellow Jackets have seen it enough. Uh, I think the uh, Giannis Blanco is going to need to have a very good go- ball yeah. game for um, the Yellow Jackets. We looked the last couple of years. We talked about two years ago with uh, um, Long and then Fari have a lot of tackles at the backside. I think those are the guys you're your defensive line tries to string it out, and then you really count on your linebackers and your defensive backs to really 
recognize, rally, and then make a tackle at that point in time. You can't miss a tackle at the point of attack as well because that will also lead to a big play. Could be a big day for Calvin Whitehead. Could be a big yep. day for the freshman Steven Richardson out yep. of Verina, who has certainly shown some flashes uh, in the secondary. He may have to come up really big coming and, up this Saturday. And that will be his first time seeing it. I don't right. know whether he has seen much of that in high school ball or not. He's played very well against the pass, uh, but it will be his time, first time. So you've got some younger faces. We saw Owen Ritter back there a little bit uh, in the first game against Johns Hopkins. Those type of guys, they, uh, probably their first look at really the style of play, and you're going to really need for them to be able to uh, identify early and really rally and make the plays. So Washington and Lee, they beat Suwanee 47-14 to back on the 8th of September. Uh, they got uh, an overtime win over Dickinson, 16-10 to on Saturday, September 1st to start the yeah. season. So as you mentioned, they're 2-0. and As whether or not they're going to get to play this game with Maryville, it looks highly unlikely Probably at this not. point because anybody's bye week has pretty much passed you by because most everybody, with the possible exception of Emory and Henry and Ferrum, who actually played a conference game as their opener this year, um, are, are out of Saturdays at yeah. this point, and nobody's going to want to try to play two games in one week. So uh, the ODAC standings are going to be really crazy. Yeah. And, and for the generals, looking at this possible nine-game schedule, um, you know, they, they've got to be thinking from, well, first, you know, it's still nothing to nothing in the conference standings, so let's not worry about that. But B, losing an opportunity to pick up an extra win, and let's say they run the table and they went 10-0 and if they had that game. That might affect what happens in terms of the NCAA. Right. Um, so I, I have a feeling that Randolph-Macon's going to run into just as prepared a team, but maybe a little more anxious generals team than normal because of this circumstance. And I think you're right. I, obviously, the ODAC still has the automatic qualifier for whoever wins the ODAC championship gets the automatic bid to the NCAA playoffs. But... You would like to think that if you, you have a, a second team in position, say if Randolph-Bacon wins this ballgame on Saturday and all of a sudden they go on and they win the championship for the ODAC, Washington League gets to the end. They're 8-1 they're and one at this point. And their only right. losses to the, the conference champion, champ. Randolph-Bacon. But the fact they've only played nine games at that point, uh, as opposed to maybe getting another win, 9-1 and one looks a lot better in the committee's eyes than 8-1, and one, right. something that was outside of your control. So it's uh, it does maybe put a little more pressure on you. The, the odd thing is going to be right now, I think, Randolph-Macon and Shenandoah are the only two teams that are going to probably have 10 games on their schedule because everybody else lost a game. Everybody else has lost a game. You're absolutely right. Marty Wilson is with us, fans. He and I will be on the call Saturday afternoon in Lexington. Looks like it's going to be a beautiful day yeah. out there. Also, I've been told it's parents' weekend and family weekend, so it's going to be a busy day out there, too. Yeah, I hate to say it. It's a general rule. They don't draw very well for football, so this will be a bigger crowd for them. But, uh, I, think, I mean, the academic standards of that school, I'd like to think that most of those guys are studying quite a bit. But uh, a school that I would not have got admitted to coming out of uh, high school. Um, but I think that uh, it'll be a bigger crowd for them, and it's a big game. It's interesting. You mentioned at the very beginning of our talk here that both teams picked tied preseason number one, and yep. interesting they meet in the very first ODAC ballgame. Well, you mentioned Ferrum and Emory and Henry having played week one, but really the first big matchup in ODAC play, and uh, lots going to be settled on the field on Saturday. No doubt. Marty, you, don't, you mind if I take you a little bit around the ODAC here? No, that's fine. Or, yeah, it's a, Just because things have been so disjointed, so to speak. You know, I look at a Shenandoah. You mentioned they've been able to get their games in, and, they, and they're putting up numbers again, 59-21 over North Carolina Wesleyan, 48-33 over Methodist. So maybe their defense, you know, they, it, their defense was suspect here last year when they got the win in, under the lights in Day Field. It's just that, you know, the Randolph-Macon defense couldn't get the stops either. Uh, and, but Shenandoah wasn't even in the top four in the preseason poll, which I found head-scratching. And I don't understand it either. When you look back at uh, Hayden, Hayden Bowser, their quarterback, 
just lit Randolph Macon up last year. He lit everybody up in the conference last year, the yes, way he throws he the ball. Very much like Paulowski a couple years back at Guilford. A guy who's really probably playing at a level he shouldn't be at the Division three level. I think he started his career at Shepard, a D2 school, and transferred down. But big, strong kid, and they loaded up with plenty of receivers last year, and nobody in the league could stop him. So with the numbers he puts up at quarterback, he would have thought that they would have at least cracked the top three. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I didn't understand that either. When I, I immediately went and said, is he gone? Because I didn't, think, right. that, yeah, didn't exactly. think that he was. And when you find out that he's still there, I didn't understand that. So they're going to be a challenge. And Randolph Macon, eventually, he's got to go play in Winchester later in the year, yes. which is going to be a difficult ball game. That'll be coming up on October the 13th, if memory yes. serves me correctly. Marty, got to ask you about the next home opponent for Randolph-Macon. A week from Saturday, October 6th, Guilford comes in. Now, when's the last time a football team in back-to-back games won a game and scored 61 points and lost a game scoring 61 points? Well, this actually ties in well, Rob, to the fact that 61-point game that they score 61 and lose, it was against Davidson. And Davidson now has Scott Abel, Washington Lee's old coach. Coach Abel left Washington Lee, went to Davidson. They play the same way you're going to see Randolph-Macon play against Washington Lee this week, meaning WNL is going to line up. Davidson lines up playing the option. I was following that game. I wasn't watching, but following the stats. Guilford runs 100 plays for almost 700 yards, scores 61 points, and loses against and, and Davidson. They just couldn't stop them. Davidson scores 91 points in the game and never got in the red zone. Every touchdown they score was from outside the red zone. You look at their scoring drives. It's three plays. They score from 75 yards. It's four plays. They score from 80 yards. And it was just crazy. It was like a pinball game back and forth. Davidson in that ball game kicked off 14 times. Oh, my god! So you're thinking just the, the sheer length of the game, the stoppage of it. But uh, it's right. I don't think you've seen – a team that you score 61 points, you run 100 plays for 700 yards, and you get beat by 30. Hey, you get beat by 30 points. And it's odd with Guilford. They actually played week one, um, and they, the game, um, and I'm struggling to remember who their opponent was. You might have it there on their schedule there. But they get into the fourth quarter, and it's a high-scoring ball game, and they get stopped due to weather. Uh, I think it might have been Huntington. Oh, it's Huntington, yeah. yeah. They're playing against Huntington in the, the fourth quarter, and the game gets stopped and then declared no contest. So they lose a game at that point in time because early in the season because of lightning. Uh, and so I think they – it's going to be interesting to look at their schedule as far as could they end up with eight games because they technically play that opening day, but the game doesn't count because I think they had a three-and-a-half-hour weather delay and finally called the ball game. And um, so, the, you know, that's going to – not from an ODAC perspective, but certainly from uh, just the choppiness of the schedule. How do you get your kids up to continue to prepare? And, you know, everybody's looking at at least a two-week gap in play right now. So right. it's 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 really interesting. I think that um, just it, 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 I think they're going to be challenging. They've got Bell. They're one of the tailbacks back. The ODAC is loaded with tailbacks. Yes. So you've got Trey Frederick, uh, Brees there we talked about with Washington Lee, and then Bell. Career-wise, he's probably got better stats than the other two at this point. Just what he does, he, they get him the ball in so many different ways. So probably three of the top ten tailbacks in the country all in this conference. Yeah, the and he's going to be a guy that you're going to have to stop. They probably get him the ball a little bit more. They don't throw it around as much as they used to when they had Paulowski there. But uh, dangerous uh, ball carrier there. So Emory and Henry, by virtue of that, went over Farum way, way back in the first weekend. Labor Day weekend opened their seasons. And to Chris and Farum's arrival into the ODAC, 45-29. Uh, the Wasps are 1-0 in the conference, 2-0 overall. They have lost a game due to weather at this point. Washington and Lee 
Uh, nothing in the conference yet. They're 2-0. and Ferrum 0-1 in the conference, 2-1 and overall. Then you have Randolph-Macon and Shenandoah, both 2-1 and in non-conference play. You've got Bridgewater and Guilford, both 1-1 and in conference play. And then you've got Hamden-Sydney, who lost two games and then lost a game to Florence. Right. And so they're still looking for their first win. And I watched them play. Uh, we played. They had Averitt the week before we played Averitt. They drove down the field against Averitt in, in Danville. Eight for eight, throwing the ball, scored immediately. I'm going, oh, this is going to be bad. Averett shut him down after that. And it's almost as if, um, if you think about all Washington and Lee is going to do is run the ball. All Hampton City wants to do is throw the ball. They essentially have no running game. Don't really even pretend to run the ball. Their runs are the jet sweeps and the shovel pass and all that. So uh, Averett was able to figure that out and begin taking things away from them. And uh, Averett scored on a, uh, an interception return, a kickoff return, and uh, things just snowballed. And I would say I didn't think that Hampton City looked very good. I think that they were so one-dimensional offensively that you could take a lot of things away from them. And all of a sudden, they didn't move the ball, and um, they just – they sort of bogged down, and so I think they're uh, they're still going to be difficult once they get into ODAC play, and obviously we've got them at the end of the season, sure. but um, early on, I wasn't all that impressed. <laughs> <laughs> but they do have time to get better before, the, of no. course, the game down in Farmville on November 10th to end the regular season. So, Marty, really quick, just a quick synopsis. You've mentioned his name on multiple occasions. You were at the Catholic game that night right. while we were over at the game of the week at Lee Davis for high school, everything getting squished up there for Hurricane Florence, unfortunately. Um, how did Trey look? Do you think he'll be 100% after missing the Averett game? Because it's going to be important to have him at full strength and healthy. He looked good. And for that, we talked about uh, the – Johns Hopkins game, Trey played pretty much the full ball game. Eric Hoy did not. He had limited carries for the first time all season. You had both Trey and Eric Hoy both in the lineup. Uh, Eric didn't run it as much, but Trey did. He had two backs. He had uh, Jordan Hall, I guess, went over. He had 140 yards, I think it was, and then Trey Frederick with about 127. So uh, both backs had great nights, and I think that uh, you were able to lessen the workload for Trey a little bit that night because mm-hmm. Jordan was running so effectively. Um, I think that he's healthy, and I think uh, – Anybody who was a little bit dinged up uh, two weeks ago hopefully is now back and healthy. So you should pretty much have a full roster with Coach Arusa coming in. So what's the most important thing to do on Saturday to beat the Generals? Tackle. I think identify, contain, and then make tackles at that point. And I think the assignment football, and I joke with you on the air the fact yeah, people who know me know I didn't play high school football, so I make some of the stuff up as I go along. That, um, but you understand the fact when they're uh, the pitch man, the quarterback, the dive, and each guy on defense has got an assignment. You need to execute against your assignment, and then when you get to the point, the ball is pitched. You have to make a tackle. You just simply cannot let them get the outside. No textbook the way we played them two years ago, and I think it all started with Eric Long in the back. Very good safety for you at that point in time, rallying up and making. He was able to read and run and react and make tackles. He ends up with 13 tackles. And unfortunately, the guys at the backside of your defense are going to have to do that a lot. But if they do that effectively, you can shut them down. So Randolph-Macon will go for their second consecutive win in Lexington this Saturday. The pregame gets going at 1240. Kickoff will be at 1 o'clock. Marty and I will be there live with the call. Looking forward to it. The Yellow Jackets and the Generals this Saturday here on the Mater. Marty Wilson, always a pleasure to Thanks, have you Rob. with us. Thanks for coming Pre- by. Appreciate the invite. And no problem, come by anytime. <laughs>
Thanks. I'll even pick up the tab next time. There you go. <laughs> Jeff picked up this time, so I'm good with that. All so. right. Thank you, Mr. Burns. Appreciate that. Thank you, Marty. All right, we're going to take another time out here in the red zone. Turn our attention to the world of softball. Had a recruitment announcement over the weekend. Want to talk a little bit about that and about the sport itself. Saxon Radcliffe, Patrick Henry Jr. joins us next after this time out. You are in the red zone live at the Sports Page Grill. Ashland on 1029, the Mater. We'll be back with more from the Red Zone after these messages. Massey Wood and West Incorporated has been servicing the Richmond and surrounding areas since 1923. Offering the finest in home heating fuel oil and propane gas, Massey Wood and West is a premier dealer of Heil heating and cooling equipment with professional service and installation of gas or oil furnaces. Heil systems are backed by 100 years of superior engineering and quality manufacturing. Massey Wood & West gives you one-stop shopping for your standby generators, tankless water heaters, gas logs, and Heil equipment. Call today for your heating and cooling needs at 355-1721. That's 355-1721. Massey Wood & West. A premier Heil dealer. Non-attorney paid spokesperson. Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home and you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help? Then we have good news for you. Foreclosure Protection Services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, it's critical that you call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-600-9969. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, Foreclosure Protection Services can help stop the foreclosure process. Call today before it's too late. New laws are in effect and may save your home. Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-600-9969. 800-600-9969. That's 800-600-9969. We come back to you live here at the Sports Page Grill in Ashland. We are in the red zone on this Monday night on 1029 The Mater. A quick football update. And yes, there is football going on on this Monday evening. Two games trying to get them finished after they were suspended uh, some of them weeks ago. St. Chris has scored a late touchdown to beat Trinity Episcopal this afternoon. 47-40 is the final score in that game. Armstrong is trying to make a comeback against TJ. Seven minutes to go in the game. It's now Vikings 22 Armstrong 12 after a two-yard touchdown run by the Wildcats quarterback, Jaquel Thomas. If we get a final on that before we say goodnight at the top of the hour, we, of course, will let you know. Now we're going to turn the page and talk a little high school softball, which is one of my personal favorite beats that I get to cover. Uh, each year, uh, obviously for many years with the uh, Hanover Herald Progress and uh, now with the work with the Mechanicsville and the Ashland Hanover Local and uh, with the Times Dispatch and wink, wink, nudge, nudge. There may be more coverage coming in 2019. Wink, wink, yeah. nudge, nudge. I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, over the weekend, 
pulled up my Twitter, my tweet deck, after a, a quick trip to pick up my uh, my doggy from my daughter's apartment at uh, Longwood University last night. And uh, looky here, Saxon has decided to be a Buccaneer. And so uh, Saxon Radcliffe, who will be beginning her junior season at Patrick Henry, doesn't seem possible, does it? I know, I know. I'm really excited, though. I'm really looking forward to it. So you, you've put one area of softball to bed by last night announcing that you had verbally committed to yes, East sir. Tennessee State University. So first of all, congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you. Now, let's talk a little bit about the process before we talk about the decision. Okay. Because I, we've, we've already had a lot of conversations. This show is in its seventh week, I believe. And we've already had a lot of conversations uh, uh, about some serious subjects, about participation in sports and sports special, specialization versus playing multiple sports in high school. Um, the whole process of how recruiting starts and some of the new changes that have come about in some of the sports where they've said, no, you can't start contacting kids until a certain time in their high school career. Um, and having an older sister who went through the exact same process in high school, what did you kind of learn from what Grayson went through and or her decision-making processes and, and thought to yourself, okay, here are some of the things that I need to make sure I do right as I go up to make mine? Well, Grayson transferred her freshman into freshman year to go to Indiana. So I was really just looking for that home feeling and ETSU was definitely what I was looking for. And the recruiting process is definitely a long, hard, stressful one, but in the end it really plays off and I'm so excited that I'm going to be a buck. Now, define for me home feeling because that could be different things to different people in the sense that is it just the way the campus is is it the way the students are how much does the coach play into it uh, it could be a myriad of things what does it mean to you it's really the environment that i'm in i i really um when i went to etsu it's, I was really stressed out, you know, because there's so many like decisions. I'm deciding my future right now. Right. And when I went there, I was just like, this is my home. This is where I want to be. This is where I feel comfortable at. I love the coach there. And one of his main points that was my biggest um, thing to go there was he focused a lot on there's a life out of softball mm -hmm. and to put family and your religion first. And that was a really self factor to me that it's not all softball. So that was great. And the girls I know, I know Jordan Durbin, Kelly Warren, Julia Fritz, and there's another girl in my class on my team committed there. So that was an also selling factor for me. Um, the environment, the just school pride, it was awesome. Um, the athletics and the academics, that's all that I was looking for right at ETSU. Now, for those who don't know, East Tennessee State is part of, remind me again which conference? I want to say the SOCON. SOCON, yes, sir. Okay, the Southern Conference, which us old-timers remember the days when <laughs> University of Richmond used to play Southern Conference football a long time ago with the likes of VMI and others. The SOCON's totally different now. Oh, yeah. Um, but you, you spoke about some names that a lot of people who are familiar with softball just heard and went, uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Kelly Warren, Atley class of 17. Yes. Jordan Durbin, Atley class of 18. And Julia Fritz, Glenn Allen, class of 17. And they're all down there. How do you think this pipeline from Richmond to East Tennessee State developed? And how smart were they to do that? Because we've got a wealth of softball talent in this area. <laughs> exactly. I think Virginia, especially in our areas, very looked past on the softball spectrum. Um, 
my dad was an alumni from ETSU. He played football there, and my mom went there too. So just the connection from me, like I know I knew what ETSU was, and those girls just going to visit. So the coach, I guess, once they found out about, oh, wow, like the Hornets, which is our um, – travel ball team right. they really have a lot of talent here and they just kept like looking and looking and they luckily got some girls so i think that was a big one so how many times did your dad send you snapchats with etsu filters going i'm not trying to <laughs> uh, persuade you uh, one way or the other but <laughs> oh gosh i think he was he loved it there. He played football, which is really cool. I think it's really cool that my parents were just alumni there. And the Radcliffe name is already stamped in there. And it's, I just feel like it's my time to make my legacy there, to make my, my footprint. So I'm really excited. So did you have a timetable? Because I know some people wait until their senior year. They want to kind of maximize the whole process and take all the trips that they possibly can, the official ones. Um, or, and then there are others who are like, you know what? I really just want to enjoy the last X of my high school time did, did did you have kind of a time frame is this about when you thought you would make the decision see this was like really hard for me because you hear all the time about girls committing in eighth grade in their freshman year which is crazy and luckily the new rule came out and that really helped the 2020 class in my opinion yes. so and it gives us time to just think more about our future and what we want to do because in eighth grade, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Oh, of course not. So um, just going, just having that like time to figure out my future and what I want to do. And I still think junior year is still a little bit early to figure out your future. But I think once you know, you know, like once you get that home feeling that we talked about, then you know that you just are ready to spend um, a part of your life there. So Patrick and Reese softball. I want to say catcher, but you're multiple positions. I'm a utility player, yeah, but... Yeah, you're definitely utility. Well, we last saw you. I'm looking for pictures of you in my files late last <laughs> night after you sent out the tweet, and I got some from uh, early action against Clover Hill last March, and you were behind the plate. I'm like, okay, here's a good shot. Boom, get that up <laughs> real quick. Um, but yes, multiple positions, obviously, that you can play. Let's kind of turn away from the college and talk a bit about high school. You All got, right. You got two years left as a Patriot. I know that 2018 did not end the way the team wanted it to be um as it turns out it, it, the the drop down to class four there was still a whole lot of great competition there in was. class four and for whatever reason Dinwiddie just seemed to kind of have you guys number I, you guys played a game that got interrupted due to a really bad storm we were there for that the middle of may and then you ended up drawing them in the tournament and and they they took care of business unfortunately uh, for those of you coming back What's been the off-season mantra? What's been the discussion about how we can overcome that, use it as fuel to the fire in 2019, and get where we want to go? Well, I definitely think we have a lot of returning talent. Um, we did lose a lot of seniors last year, Haley Thomas and Delaney Knuckles being some of them, but we definitely have some returning to the plate. Um, our offense and defense should be great this year. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, the Dinwiddie game last year was really hard because we all, like, we had so much energy we were in that game and it was like we were hitting but it was right to people like they just weren't falling so it was kind of unfortunate and it was really like heartbreaking for the season to end like that because there was so much talk about this was the year for Patriots softball this is right. what this is the year that they're going to win a state title and I fully believe that this is our year this year that, <laughs> that we're going to win but I'm not going to jinx anything I think we've got a lot of talent in our coaches we've got a great coaching staff this year I couldn't be more happy with Courtney Long and Lance Lesturgeon they're great they teach us so much about the game and what the game is about not just being a 
being a team player, that's what I learned so much about last year because we all have so much talent and it's more about learning about the game than about the physical parts. It's He stressed so much about the mental part of the game, which is so much about softball. 90% of the game is mental. And I really got to give credits to Lance for doing that. That was awesome. So going into this year, I think since we have a lot of returning players, we know like we have our mojo, we have our girls, we have the energy and the talent. I think this is going to be a big year for us. This is our year. Uh, you make a great point about that Dinwiddie game in terms of you're hitting the ball well. If people look at the stats, they would go, well, they struggled offensively there later in the season. But if you're at the game, you can see that you're making great contact with the ball. It's just one of the things about baseball and softball. You can make great contact, but if it's constantly at the defenders, uh, you know, what, unless they're committing errors, what else can you do? Yeah, and Dinwiddie was a great team, and it was really unfortunate that, you know, we were we had the energy, we had the defense and the offense. It was just it didn't work out for us in the end. So, Saxon, what do you do when you're not playing softball? Oh, jeez. <laughs> softball <laughs> is so year-round for us. Like, being on the Hornets, our travel ball team, it's so year-round. Um, when I'm not playing softball, I guess I'm playing basketball. But um, I guess junior year is kind of hard right now. So lots of school work this year, but yeah. softball is definitely a big part of my life, and I'm so excited. I love softball. Now, real quick, with with all the talk lately about sports specialization, do you do anything personally to kind of make sure that you can stay away from, avoid some of the injury issues that we're beginning to see in some sports with high schoolers and now even people who are in the professional ranks who went through the travel ball circuit in many sports, not just softball, uh, but they're they're finding these injuries that are kind of happening because it, it's repetitive. You're doing the same thing nine, ten months a year rather than kind of balancing things out with other sports. You mentioned basketball. You've been on the PH basketball team each of the last two seasons. How do you kind of avoid those types of situations to happen to you? Avoid getting hurt? Yes. Well, last year when I played basketball, at the end of the season, I had a really, really bad ankle injury. I don't know if you remember that, I but I couldn't um, finish out the season. I was actually out for a little bit of the beginning of softball season. Yes, you were. And I know there's always talk about um, coaches like not wanting you to play because they don't want you to get hurt. And there's coaches telling you to play because it's a good thing to play multiple sports. So I've always heard um, both of them stressed a lot. And I think if you really enjoy the sport, then I think you should do it. Um, I think if you have ankle injuries in the past, wear braces, um, really prepare yourself. If there's something that you know that is hurting, like you need to stop because I know that there's a lot of girls or boys out there that are um, stressing that oh, my ankle hurts because I broke it last season or whatever, then uh, it's just not smart to keep going on that because you have a future besides basketball, a future besides tennis or lacrosse. So Right, because as, let's look in your situation. While there is a women's professional softball league, it does exist for those who do not know and has existed for quite some time. You know, obviously the payoff from a financial standpoint is not there for softball players like it is for, and again, even for baseball players, it's this minuscule, less than 1%, of, of all the high school baseball players who are playing right now would ever see the major leagues and even get a minimum contract, much less the big one. Yes. So you got to take this situation and this opportunity and use it to your academic best to get you ready for the rest of your life. Yes. Correct? Yes, very correct. Ha now, have you decided yet what you want to study or do as a Buccaneer, or you kind of just looking? Because you've got time. As I, do, I do have time. I'm leaning towards, like, psychology, being a psychologist, but – 
I used to want to be a marine biologist, and it's changed many times. But and that's I think that's a part of um, growing up and going through college. Like you just really have to find what you want to do in life. Mm -hmm. And so if that doesn't suit me, then of course I'm going to find something else. But it just takes time knowing what you want to do. But for now, I'm thinking of a psychologist. And, we'll see. We'll and, see. and that is, as always, subject to change. Yes. Bingo. Well, I am completely thrilled at the decision and congratulate you. I'm sure that uh, Julia and Kelly and Jor Jordan, they probably had early word that this oh, might yes. be coming uh, prior to it being tweeted out to the world. But uh, the connection from Richmond, specifically Hanover and Henrico County, uh, continuing down to East Tennessee State and Johnson City. That's awesome. Saxon, congratulations. Thank you so much. And I just want to take a time to thank my parents because I could not have done it without them or my coaches for all the people that have supported me and I just love them so much and thank you guys y'all are awesome I don't know who your PR person is but pay them well that was a very good thing <laughs> all right <laughs> Saxon thanks for being with thank us thank you so much Saxon Radcliffe on her way to East Tennessee State in two years class of 2020 she's got some business to attend to <laughs> still here at Patrick Henry we'll take one more time out here in the red zone at the sports page grill Ashland when we come back it's the new NBC 12 RBA Sports Network Big 12 high school football poll hopefully We'll get a final out of T.J. Armstrong, and we'll preview our Game of the Week doubleheader Friday here on the Mater, and, of course, Randolph-Macon, Washington, and Lee on Saturday. That's next. You're in the red zone on 102.9 The Mater. There's more to come right after this short break. At Randolph-Macon College, your education begins with your future in mind from your very first day on campus. RMC's exceptional equestrian program has a beautiful new facility, Coventry Farm, just three miles from campus. Access to this stellar facility provides valuable support to this robust, thriving equine team. Visit us online at rmc.edu to schedule a campus tour, a personal interview, or to RSVP for one of our fall open houses. Randolph-Macon College, building extraordinary futures. When contractors choose the best, they choose Lansing Building Products. Whether for windows, siding, doors, patios, gutters, column, trim, or tools, they know that Lansing's knowledgeable team is there to help guide them in the selection of the right products and proper installation for every job. Good neighbors in Richmond and right here in Hanover County on North Lake Ridge Parkway, remember Lansing Building Products. Visit them on the web at lansingbp.com. Lansing Building Products, delivering excellence from inside out. Buy the all-new 2019 Silverado truck at Luck. Chevy has spent the last 100 years making the most dependable, longest-lasting pickups on the road, and Luck Chevrolet has sold them that long. Whether it's the refined comfort of high country, the aggressive capability of trail boss, or the functionality of work truck, the next-generation Silverado offers the right tool for every job. Call Luck Chevrolet in Ashland at 798-9261 or go to LuckChevrolet.com and get your new truck from Luck. Lux Chevrolet in Ashland. When you need printing, you usually need it yesterday. We Think in Ink can't work that quickly, but close. Let Chuck Stoudemire and the folks at We Think in Ink take your printing project and help make your message stand out. We Think in Ink offers quick turnaround and printing you'll be proud to use. Visit We Think in Ink in Ashland right next to the post office at 305 England Street. Let them suggest ideas for your business cards, letterhead, brochures, or business forms. We Think in Ink in Ashland. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Back live 
here at a happening sports page grill in ashland a lot of good folks here tonight glad they've come out and joined us supported saxon uh, thanks again to marty wilson for coming out and uh, getting us ready for randolph macon washington and lee on saturday we'll talk about our three games this weekend live on the mater right before we say good night here uh, on in the red zone. We want a big, uh, a big thanks and a shout out to our friends at We Think in Inc., our friends at Massey Wood and West, and of course our family here at the Sports Page Grill for making in the red zone possible every Monday night from 6 until 7. Latest NBC 12 RBA Sports Network Big 12 High School Football Poll released about an hour ago uh, at rbasportsnetwork.com and there are absolutely no changes to the poll this week. No one in the poll lost last Friday or Saturday, and so it still remains the following. Highland Springs still at number one, 5-0 and now, halfway through their schedule. They have a bye week still to come, but, of course, they've got the big one on the road at number five, Henrico, on Friday night. Henrico beat Patrick Henry on our game of the week this past Friday to move to 3-0 and on the season. Our Robbie Witham will be live on Twitter at Robbie Witham, R-O-B-B-I-E-W-I-T-H-A-M. Follow him live from Henrico High School. They'll be hanging from the rafters there, I am sure. Pre-sale tickets are going nuts for what is anticipated to be one of the best high school football games of the year in the area. And, of course, during our game of the week, which is going to be Hanover Lee Davis on Friday night, Robbie will be feeding us scores and updates all night long, so we'll keep you posted on the big one uh, between number one Highland Springs and number five Henrico. Manchester stays at number two. They will host James River on Friday, looking to go to 5-0 and after another big win for them this past week. Number three, Dinwiddie had a bye week, gets back into action, takes care of business, putting up 69 on Prince George Friday night. They now go to number eight, Thomas Dale, who've lost their quarterback. They've lost the leader of their defense, Rick DeBrayu, out for the season after ankle foot surgery. And so the Knights soldier on, and they've got the undefeated generals coming in. And Dinwiddie right now kind of staring down Louisa and Eastern View there in Region 4B, wondering if it's going to be a situation again this year where we have multiple teams finish at 10 and oh, remember, Dinwiddie didn't lose a game to the Hurricane because that was their bye week. Number four, Verina at 4 and 0. They go to Armstrong on Friday night, a team who put up a surprising fight against Atley last week, so Verina should not go in expecting a cakewalk. Number six, LC Bird, who barely got by Huguenot, and I mean barely. They didn't score until the final five seconds of the game Friday night on a halfback option play that tied the game at six. The extra point was good, and Huguenot almost pulled off the Titanic upset. But the Skyhawks, without Jaden Payute, a quarterback, get a 7-6 to six win. Now they get a week off before they start into the second half of their schedule. Number seven, Hopewell staying there. They go to a Matoica team that almost knocked off Thomas Dale last week. It was 28-21, the final. The Warriors are winless, and they need a win big. Uh, very soon if they want to remain relevant in the Region 5B postseason race. Monacan had a bye last week. They're ninth in the poll. They get George With for homecoming. The other rivalry night game in Hanover County on Friday night is number 10 Atlee coming here to Ashland to take on Patrick Henry. Number 11 Louisa, they're still unbeaten. They win Saturday. In fact, they thrash Albemarle 40-7. to They get Western Albemarle at home next Friday night, a team that knocked off Powhatan by two touchdowns last week. Number 12 Goochland after a bye week back in action hosting 
Buckingham. couple of other games this coming Friday of note before we talk about our game of the week doubleheader before we wrap it up here on In the Red Zone. Glenn Allen, who ended the 77-game Colonial District winning streak of Hermitage last week, 28-7. to Hermitage had not lost in the Colonial District since October 13, 2006. But Glenn Allen got the job done, 28-7, and now they go to Douglas Freeman on Friday night. Here's the deal with this one. Glenn Allen is 3-1. Douglas Freeman will come in halfway through their schedule at 3-2 after a win at home over John Marshall on Friday night. The winner of this game could put themselves in a prime position to fight for not only a postseason bid, but maybe the number four seed in a home game in the first round of the Region 5B playoffs uh, should a Verina or a Henrico or a Highland Springs lose twice in their round robin in the Capital District. This is a huge game for Coach Camp and the Glen Allen Jaguars on Friday. Meanwhile, Hermitage still looking for their first win, and they need one soon if they hope to have any playoff hopes in 5B. They have to go to a deep run team who gets a win over J.R. Tucker to kind of get their season back up and running. So Hermitage a deep run. Glenn Allen at Douglas Freeman, J.R. Tucker at Mills Godwin all next Friday night. Game of the Week doubleheader begins at 3.30 on Friday here on the Mater. We'll have the On the Sidelines pregame presented by Virginia Farm Bureau Insurance. Mark Davis of NBC12 and I will sit down and preview all the Week 6 action. And then Chip Briere will be live at Grover Jones Field. They finally get to play a home game at Collegiate. Finally, after having three on a, on the road in a row, Episcopal comes in, and the Cougars look to go to three and one. That game kicks at four. And then we'll join you live in Mechanicsville as Hanover looking for their first win, taking on a Lee Davis team who suddenly has lost three in a row, and they're in need of a win if they want to stay in the playoff race in Region 5B. Hanover desperately needs wins down in 4B. That kicks off at 7 o'clock. So Collegiate and Episcopal at four, Hanover Lee Davis at seven, and, of course, Saturday, it's Randolph making in Washington and Lee. Marty Wilson and I with the call pregame beginning at 1240. So a big Friday and Saturday of high school and college football action coming up here. And of course, we'll wrap it all up next Monday night when we join you and kick off the month of October here at the Sports Page Grill. Our thanks to the grill, our thanks to We Think and Inc., Massey Wood and West, to Saxon Ratcliffe for joining us, to Marty Wilson for joining us as well. Rob with them saying, have a wonderful rest of your week. Be sure to be with us for the Game of the Week doubleheader on Friday and for Randolph Macon at Washington and Lee on Saturday. And join us again next Monday night in the Red Zone. Good night, everybody. In the Red Zone with Rob Witham is a production of WHAN Radio. Our producer is Calvin Cecil. Executive producer is William Roberts. In the Red Zone with Rob Witham is a copyright production of Fifth Estate Broadcasting, LLC. Any rebroadcast or reproduction in part or in whole without the express written consent of Fifth Estate Broadcasting, LLC is strictly prohibited.